like kind of what Mari was saying during our episode, she said doom scrolling and just like scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And it's like, I'm not gaining anything out of this. I'll literally say to myself to get myself off of it. I'm like, there is nothing for me here. What I like actually am looking for is probably IRL. Like if I just put my phone down, like whatever it is, I can get it in real life versus getting it through my phone. What's up, guys? Howdy, brothers. Welcome to another season. Another season, and we're kicking it off so strong because we're here in person. Clap, 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 clap. So happy. I'm back in Fort Lauderdale just for a little stint um, to film the season opener, actually. Just kidding. <laughs> Coincidence, but we love to see it. Always serendipity with the pod. I'm actually here because Liv is doing a little dress fitting try on and I wouldn't miss it for the world so very excited to be here yes and today we are kicking off our season opener with such a bomb bad bitch episode like talk about CEO I am a rich man like energy we have on Mari who is the broker and owner of Mari Juliet real estate she is such a baddie we've been you know following her journey for years and I literally remember finding her on TikTok and being like holy like this is next level boss bitch like she is and she's so humble like she we just have it's one of those conversations where we we got off the call and we were like damn I just wish we could like we could keep talking to her for hours and hours and hours because you know like the girls who get it get it and she's just a girl girly who gets it yeah we love her we literally like sat back in our chairs after we got off the zoom and we're like love her love her queen boss bitch we just like we're going on a tangent um and those are our favorite episodes they really just reignite like you know how much we love the podcast and the platform that it provides us to have these you know really special conversations so yeah we're, we're on a good note right now we're not down in the dumps like we sometimes are brothers like we're doing we're thriving we're doing well but let's give a little catch up before we hop into this episode lots to catch you guys up on we just got back from mexico like a week ago mexico was so much fun it was the most insane house i think we've ever stayed in like year to date like in our careers kim and kanye stayed there a few months ago not i'm sorry no 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 not a few months ago <laughs> tea yeah i got insider tea moves to la knows about kim and kanye's whereabouts um no years ago um, when they were together um stayed there so that just kind of is just a testament to how fucking insane this house is um and yeah we were just so grateful to even be there and have opportunities like that don't know how we're gonna top that one but we had so much fun and we did magic mushrooms and played in the sea yeah no it was honestly 10 out of 10 trip and I feel like I I like was so present that whole trip like every single minute I was just there enjoying it so grateful manifesting like it's really good to be obviously and this is like kind of a privileged shake but like I've noticed it my manifestations are stronger when I'm in locations obviously like that like that's the dream you know what I mean like that is very much the dream and I was not ignorant to that like while I was there I was like this is the dream life like so I all I can do is sit there and like manifest one 
appreciate it right now and then two manifest more of it manifest for this just to be life and normal and our everyday but I definitely you know not a second went by that we weren't so so grateful to be there and like you know creating memories with our friends and just having the best time and being silly like nothing fills our cup more so it was just so lovely and we love the content that we got from the trip too which is always like you know a plus it was fun to you know when you have such a beautiful spot it's like easy to make great content because it's just hard to make bad content there so that was super fun other updates I went to New York I saw my brother and my mom and that was fun I had like the best sushi of my life arguably which is like a pretty big statement to make um but it was really great to see them and catch up and yeah and then my I'm trying on wedding dresses next weekend like what is life well by the time this airs I will have already tried them on but very exciting I'm so excited I'm gonna cry and I don't know I just it's gonna be such a surreal moment to like see you in dresses like I don't know I don't know how I'm gonna deal I don't know how I'm gonna cope I know I just I can't believe like it's just like such a surreal moment to like watch your best friend like try on wedding dresses like it's like april's around the corner like it's it's coming the fuck up like it's scaring me i can't imagine can't imagine how you feel very surreal but so excited to like finally be doing bridal stuff this is like the first thing right oh yeah we did the little proposal yeah so trying on dresses got to start planning that bachelorette yeah yeah me and me and tamir are gonna uh spearhead that asap so so exciting so many exciting things coming i am doing a little social media cleanse right now which um i just like kind of really randomly felt inspired to do i like i have just been feeling really grossed out by like social media lately and like my like the the addiction quite frankly that like i have to it and others have to it like addiction i mean this fucking goes without saying addiction grosses me out like i like the idea of it like i think i'm privileged to not have an addictive personality and addictive addiction is a disease um but like feeling myself getting into that sort of like rut of like constantly searching for the validation and like watching my own stories over and over over again and like like kind of what Mari was saying during our episode, she said doom scrolling and just like scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And it's like, I'm not gaining anything out of this. And we talk about that a little bit in the podcast, but I just felt like I'm going to take a little break from like posting on my stories, which like I haven't gone more than 24 hours without posting on my story in like years, maybe ever, you know, like maybe, maybe two days without posting, but like it's just second nature to me. And it's because I love sharing. I, I really do like love sharing what I do. And um it like I enjoy it I really do but I think I was just getting to a place where I'm like why am I like watching my own story so many times and I feel like of course not posting on my story I I've been checking my phone so much less because also I'm not checking to see who's responding to them who's liking them who's responding to things and like so it's honestly been nice like not I think it's thinking about it it's freed up a lot of space and like just you know being intentional about like you know every time I every time I open the app now which unfortunately is still continues to be against my will I immediately close it out because I'm like there's nothing for me here there's nothing for me and that's why like not posting has been so nice because I'm like there's nothing for me to check I'll check my notifications like once a day check a few dms because you know people are sending me memes but 
that's it i feel like i'm on it so much less now yeah that's actually such an insanely powerful realization and like i'm so i'm so like happy for you because it really is it's it's an addictive thing and you get used to constantly checking who's replying to what who's liking what and it keeps you in this like this trap in this circle and it's funny you say like there's nothing for me here because that's literally when I find myself scrolling I've gotten I've gotten really good at it I think but you know the times where I am I find myself I kind of just like want to be on my phone I want to be I don't know I'm you're, it's the moments where you're like searching for something but you don't know what and I'll literally say to myself to get myself off of it I'm like there is nothing for me here like there is literally I'm I'm searching for something that I'm not going to get. There's nothing for me here. What I like actually am looking for is probably IRL. Like if I just put my phone down and look around my surroundings or pet my dog or love on my fiance, like whatever it is, I can get it in real life versus getting it through my phone. The irony of you saying IRL and in, in reference to real life, like like in, like a text abbreviation. And you're like, if I just lol irl <laughs> like <laughs> no <laughs> it's just so funny but i feel you and you even sent me this meme today and it was like fall in love with real dopamine and that's what we're searching for what we're searching for is dopamine and like like touching things moving our body laughter love like you know what i mean yeah let's see let's read it this one. um Cold plunges, sunrises, running, hiking, animals, na- nature, nourishing your body, healthy relationships, sleep, music, gratitude, meditation, writing, la- laughing, loving. Yes. Yeah, like it. That's so true. Like that's what we're looking for. And I've also been trying to focus on like having, um, like I've been kind of like doing a little bit of research on like low dopamine mornings, like low, you know, like things that are like more. guys it's it's late in the day but you know what I mean like doing things that are like um journaling reading writing sitting in the sun um rather than like going on TikTok and seeing a million fucking videos and like firing up your dopamine receptors because apparently just like throughout the day like you only have so much and like it'll just burn you out throughout the day versus starting off slower it'll allow you to like you know enjoy your day more because of that yeah, and you, you think about it, you're starting your day at such a high, like not even like happy, but dopamine hits of like this high. And then, yeah, you keep searching for it during the day. And then like throughout the day when you're not getting those hits, like you just start to decline. And then you think that you're like depressed or sad. And it's really just because you're like, our brains are not meant for social media and the way we consume it. So I love that. Brothers, we encourage you guys, you know, to to look at your relationship with your devices put those boundaries in place join me and us for no social Sundays that's a practice I literally swear by that I've sworn by for the past five years you know it's like it's really really important that we look at ourselves and we and we think about these relationships because again like their job is to keep you on the app as long as possible that's how they make their money and no one is going to save you except yourself from having that addiction and it is I mean it like that's literally what it is Yeah. And aside from that, like just I've been in this like sort of rut the past few weeks, past couple months. And, you know, in addition to that, I decided for the month of August, I'm not drinking because like I, I, I love to party, you know, like I love going out and I love socializing with my friends. But at the same time, like 
I can't like look at my situation and be upset that nothing's changing when nothing's changing. You know what I mean? So like one step one is like, you know, healing my relationship with my phone. Step two is healing my relationship with like alcohol and like going out and like nightlife. And that's like, you know, one, I'm simply just not the kind of person that can go out and be like, okay, two drinks. Realistically, I just know that's not me. Like, because two drinks me is on demon time. And she's like, perfect. Two drinks. um, Yeah, two drinks plus two shots plus um, some drugs. No, I'm kidding, guys. I'm... (laughs) I don't do drugs, but you know what I mean? Like there's no like capping it at that. Like, it's like, you know, I stay out till four in the fucking morning because I I love to party. And so realizing again, that there's nothing really for me there. Like I, like I have FOMO and I feel like I have been healing this relationship and like enjoying staying in. What I enjoy is waking up the next morning, no fucking hangover and being able to like go to the gym and like work towards my goals and like take the time that I would be rotting away in bed watching reality TV and ordering Uber Eats using that to like set myself up for the week or fucking take nugget to the dog park like do things that genuinely fill my cup and like not sit there and have anxiety all day in bed that's really the issue like the drinking is not necessarily the issue it's, it's mainly like that next day it's the effects and also you know given that I am in this rut it's like alcohol is a depressant like it it it's simply like I'm someone that struggles with anxiety as is makes it so much worse so it's like again I can't be mad that nothing's changing when nothing is changing so um at least for the month of August I will be taking a break from alcohol um I'm also doing this um something called the morning pages it's from it's a journal called like the artist's way that our friend Tamir gave me and I'm going to be doing that for the month of August as well so I'm excited to see you um you know, kind of where I'm at at the the end of this month. Love to hear and so proud of you for having those realizations because that's not easy to have. So it's like so important to self-reflect and kind of be honest with yourself even when it's hard, you know? Um, And also I feel like, especially when it comes to like the drinking thing, like I feel like for, I feel like it's a season of everyone's lives, especially with where we're at in like the later 20s, like where at one point that probably wasn't causing was causing more good than harm you know where it was fun it was lighthearted, it was um harmless you know and now I feel like it's just maybe not serving your highest self at this in this season of your life which is fine you know at one point it did and now maybe it doesn't you know it's not what it used to be so I think that's you know just a really really healthy realization and I'm proud of you and I'm excited I'm excited to see like how it affects you you know like I think it's it's it can only like only good stuff can come out of it even like think about how 75 hard affected you so much and how happy you were during that time you know yeah and even like just because with everything else in my like life like things are going like well for the most part like you know things with work like it's not like I've been neglecting work it's it's not like I've been neglecting my my fitness and my health like I things are are good so it's like okay, well, if I'm in this rut, it's, it's time to start playing the game of elimination and start like, you know, removing the things that I feel like aren't serving me and, and seeing what the, what the effects of that are essentially. So very excited for that. Um, do we want to update on anything else? Take a moment to thank our sponsors and then we'll be back. All right, you guys, we're going to take a second to thank our show sponsor, Hoo-Ha. If you don't know what Hoo-Ha is, 
you're welcome in advance i'm literally wearing their underwear as we speak and they are so so comfortable they are a woman founded business and they're natural underwear made from tree derived fibers so that means that it's good for you and it's good for the planet which is a big sleigh they feature a one-of-a-kind zinc oxide lining with antimicrobial and odor-reducing properties. They feature extra-wide gussets with no uncomfortable seams, irritating your sensitive areas, which if you know, you know, there's no worse feeling than underwear literally digging into all the wrong places. So like I said, I'm wearing the thong right now. It is a dream. They also make really, really cute tanks, so comfortable. They have amazing boy shorts that I also love. They come in cute little sets. You guys, they're amazing, like I said thank me later you can shop all these items at hoo-ha.com again that's h-u-h-a.com and we will make sure to leave the link in the description all right brothers stacked skincare as you guys know we love stacked skincare we had on carrie the founder just a couple episodes ago so if you tune into that episode you know just how like informed and intelligent she is especially when it comes to skincare I mean I would trust that woman with my freaking life Carrie is a licensed esthetician who custom designed the stack skincare tools and stacks so that she could use them in person they are professional grade products and they're here to help solve your skin issues it's a no bullshit system completely tailored to you we're going to put this link in the show notes but if you go to their page they have a quiz stackskincare.com slash pages slash skin dash quiz and you can go to the quiz page to learn more specifically about what skin issues you need to put behind them and you want to put behind you so that you guys stop wasting money on the gimmicky crap that doesn't work guys i've been using stack skincare for years i genuinely love and believe in their products i mean if you listen to the episode with carrie again you know that you like completely trust her and then the products that she developed she's genuinely a gem and we love sex skincare and use it every day in our routines so 1010 recommend we're gonna put the link in the show notes go try out the quiz you guys have nothing to lose and yeah we'll get on with the episode all right guys we have mari here with us in our virtual whiskey and water podcast studio finally after literally years of talking about it we are finally here We're so excited to have you on and get into the nitty gritty of everything. But before we get into it, for our audience who doesn't already know who you are, um, just give them a little bit of background of who you are and what you currently have going on. Well, I'm so excited to be here because I was like binging this (laughs) podcast. And I actually feel, I was going to say, this is such a good podcast to binge. Like I was first listening, like, oh, this is so fun and cute. And then I just like wanted to keep listening. So I just wanted to let you know that. that's No, that's the best compliment ever. No, it's really like, it's like you're hanging out with you guys. So it's fun. Oh, thank you. But (laughs) my name is Mari Juliet. I own a real estate brokerage in South Florida. I do a lot through social media to bring in business and work with clients that way. Um, so yeah, so I own the business here and, uh, manage 17 agents right now, uh, who sell from Miami to Palm beach, Jupiter area. That is crazy. I mean, first of all, congrats. Cause that's insane. Like so impressive. Thank you. It's definitely more stressful than I anticipated, to be honest. Oh, like, we'll get into it. We'll get all into it. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to talk to you guys because I know that you you do like, um you have a course for social media assistance, mm-hmm. which is such an important thing because I think people get really confused about like where to go assistant wise. Like, do you yeah. work with somebody locally? Do you work with somebody like virtually? So I'm excited to hear about that too. Yes. Yeah, definitely. So tell us a little bit about 
what kickstarted this real estate journey? Like, did you always set out to do real estate? Did you like go to college, take a different path? Like what's, what's kind of your, your story, your background? I actually remember like driving in the back seat. Like I wasn't driving the back seat, but <laughs> my mom's car and she was like on the phone because she did mortgages for growing up for like okay. 30 years and then transitioned into real estate a few years before I got licensed. Um, but my stepdad was in real estate. My dad was in loans growing up. That's actually how my parents met. Um, he was driving a truck and then my mom was taking his loan application and they started dating and then that's how they met. That's how he got into the business. So my whole family, like everyone at the dinner table, we just talk about real estate 24 <laughs> seven. It's kind of like nonstop. But I remember sitting in the backseat, looking out and going, I will never be a realtor. Like I'm never going <laughs> to do this. Not, not where I thought that was going. Yeah, like I was just like, no, like this seems so like stressful, whatever. And then um, and like you're on the phone all the time. But I was going through college. I didn't really like I feel like I completely coasted through high school. Like I didn't take it seriously. I kind of just slacked off and was like, I got a good GPA, but it wasn't that like challenging. Um, I was in like kind of basic classes, whatever. So when I got to college, it was definitely a swift kick in the ass where I was like, holy shit, like this is actual responsibility. You actually have to go to class. Uh, you can't just like lay by the pool every day and chill with your friends and like still get good grades. So I was down to a 1.8 GPA and I was like, I'm ready to drop out. My parents were even like, you could do real estate, whatever. And then I thought I was like, uh, you know, like they saved so much money for me to have this opportunity. And I know that my mom invested like before we were even born uh, for like a college fund. So I just felt really like it wasn't an opportunity that I could just easily let go and be like, oh, you know, a lot of people want this and they pay student loans and all this stuff. And I have it here in front of me. So like, let me just finish. I did medical device sales for three years and I did um, a lot of internships in college. So I worked full time as a pharma rep in college, which is really like kind of random. I didn't even try to get that, but they offered it to me. And I was like, oh, I'm getting like a salaried job while I'm in college um, because I was doing a lot of freelance modeling, you know, like pre promo gigs, stuff like that, just to make money, like in between classes, which actually was great. Like, cause it's so flexible that you're like, oh, I can pick up jobs. Oh, if I have a big exam, I don't have to. So I transitioned to more of like a corporate setting, like, um, but very autonomous like just driving in my car, selling medical devices. Um, someone actually, this is actually a weird story. Someone in a real estate office, when I was doing medical device sales, I was selling splints. So I actually had like patients that I would have to meet and I would fit their leg or their arm, shoulder, whatever, like every body part. And I had a finger splint and I remember it was like the end of the month and I had to fit this patient. So I was like, just meet me in the parking lot. And I'm fitting this guy's finger, like his like broken finger. And someone from my high school thought I was doing like a drug deal in the middle of the, of the parking lot. But I was just like, I don't know, like I just like was like hustling <laughs> and trying to get it done. But anyway, I got out of med sales because I got this amazing job offer in surgical sales. I was like, this is my dream. And then the company was like, actually, no after like a month and a half of me telling everyone, oh, I got this amazing job. Um, now it's not available anymore. So I was like, all right, what do I do? I had already gotten my real estate license um, during night school. Uh, so while I was 
you know, doing med sales. I had that on the side and I was like the next day, I was just like, I have to just go full force into this. I don't really have a choice right now. And I'll keep, you know, interviewing at like different med sales positions. Mm -hmm. And then by the time I interviewed with like Johnson and Johnson, which was one of my dream companies, I was like, I'm making more than what they're offering me for a full year. So I had already made that in like a few months. So I just said, you know, logically speaking, even though it's a risk, so is med sales. Like it's not as consistent as you would think. So I was like, you know, what do I have to lose? Even though my dad was like, this is a bubble, you shouldn't do it, blah, blah, blah. And then I just like got started the next day. And I was just like, I have to dedicate myself to this no matter what. And then it just built on itself. And a lot of that has to do with social media. I like took a lot of content while I was, um, you know, working just to show what I was doing every day so that I would attract eventually buyers or sellers that were like, oh, well, she really does work, you know, constantly. So we're going to work with somebody like that. So that was kind of like the image I was trying to show was like, I'm going to work hard for anybody. And it really worked because now we get tons of clients coming in from social media. So it's not all from social media, but a lot of it is. Yeah, that's amazing. I remember when I first discovered your account and I was just like, damn, wow, boss bitch. No, we were like, like sending your content to each other and we were like, she's fucking slaying. Like she's a oh boss. my gosh. That's so nice. Because yeah, I see no. your content and I'm always like, they're killing it. Like I love following you guys as like a pair and like Aww. doing your own stuff. Because we we know a lot of the same people. Like yes, we like, do. The same kind of like world. Yeah. yeah. So then I saw you, you were in South Florida. I was like, oh, bet we're for sure having her on the podcast. But what also hit me, like when I first looked at your page was like how much you've truly utilized your platform and, you know, used it as a marketing channel. And I feel like, I don't know, this may be an assumption, but I feel like a lot of people in your industry might be a little bit more, um, cause I see it with my fiance's family, they're in real estate. They're a little more like old fashioned. Like they look at TikTok and they're like, what's, what is that going to do for me? You know? So I'm really curious to know, like what your thought process was behind really kind of diving in as a creator on these platforms and using them as a marketing channel, really? Yeah. So I had been on Instagram for a while doing like bikini photos, like all of that, (laughs) you know, all the like South Florida modeling stuff. And then, so even when I was in med sales, they were like, you really should take that down because when you see nurses and stuff, you never know, they could be following you and then they could not let you through the door, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, you know, it is like a part, I feel like I see the potential of it being a part of a business one day. So I don't want to like, let go of that. So I stuck with it. And I just was like, listen, this is, I'm just going to be authentic and show people what I'm really doing every day. And that will translate. So that's kind of how it's always worked. Anytime I've tried to like force content or like get a lot of people involved or make it super ultra professional it just backfires. And I feel Mm -hmm. like I like waste money because I'll overthink it. And then when I just go back to just like being myself and doing it really kind of raw, that's always what converts better and what um, I feel better putting out. Especially um, like when you're talking about the old school stuff, like, you know, my parents being in real estate, they didn't like see the value of me doing social media alongside of it at all. I think they were very confused as to why I would be putting so much time and effort into it. Um, And it's very like showboaty and showcase, like they're like, you know, we're a little bit like weirded out by that. 
But now that they work here, they see like, oh my God, like they can actually see the leads that come in. They can see the um, the deals that are done. Now my mom works with the clients that I bring in through social media all the time. And she's like super on point and always has been, but she didn't have anything like social media related or understand what it would do business wise and the consistency that it would bring. Um, but I always say with the brokerage, like I mix old school, tried and true, like business practices with new age social media marketing. So day to day, if there's somebody in the office, like it's very professional, it's very like handshake, a true meeting, like things that people really aren't seeing on social media. Um, that's really the stuff too, day to day, like it's not as exciting, obviously, to show, you know, some people are really good at that, showing like the boring stuff and making it interesting. But there's so much boring stuff that like is not viewed on social media. <laughs> and I, I know everybody knows it's a highlight reel, but when you're when you're like projecting your business on social media, and I'm sure you guys know this or see this too day to day, and you're trying to hire people from it, or you're trying to like create a business around it. Yeah, this, the authenticity is so key because if you're not attracting like employees or clients or anything that that understand like your business, they're going to be confused right. or they're going to be like, this is not what I expected. Mm -hmm. So that's always what I'm trying to do is like, how can the content I'm putting out like actually serve my clients? How can it really help them sell their properties faster? Like how can we, you know, you see like selling sunset or you see million dollar listing, and that's great, like that they get that exposure, that the agents get that exposure, the homes, whatever. But by that time, that home has sold, right? So when we got like reality show offers and stuff, I'm like, I can't sell a house that's being filmed seven months prior to it mm. being aired or like, you know, like, so for yeah. me, business wise, I'm like, I can post a TikTok and sell it in real time and make that transaction happen like that day if I if it works out and that's happened time and time again so it's like why not do that you know right. if that can really help my clients and help us you know turn over more business it's like kind of a no-brainer to keep wow. doing it that it, that's such a crazy concept to think like it's literally immediate advertising like you don't have yeah. to wait it's not like commercials where they go through like a whole approval process and you know it goes through multiple different levels of to, you know departments to get approved and make edits it's like no you literally just direct up, to consumer upload a tiktok and people right. who are it hits its target market and people who are interested reach out and the deal gets closed like that is a wild concept to me. yeah also it's i think it's so fun that like people even reached out and wanted a reality yeah. tv show i'm like wait no that's cool <laughs> I know, like it was something I always wanted growing up. I was like, that would be the coolest thing. I used to go to the, like the real world auditions. I auditioned for so many different things like that. I love that. And then now I'm like, you know, things just have changed. Maybe like 10 years ago or five years ago, like makes sense. But mm -hmm. it's just easier for me to, especially with kids, like I can take, I don't have to take that much time to like market my business. Uh, you know, to balance being with my kids so much. Cause that's really why I opened the brokerage was I was working every single weekend uh, for like four years straight, like every single weekend, every day, maybe one day off. And I'm like, I have a kid now. I'm not going to be working all week and then like leave him all weekend to do open houses. So that's been the main drive of all of this is like, how can I still help all of our clients? But 
also have people working here who can do more of the day-to-day stuff. And I can kind of advise them on investing practices, how to better help our clients make more money, uh, like all that stuff. So they all get really like intense training working here, as opposed to maybe a bigger like brokerage where there's not as much hands-on and they don't really specialize in like one thing. Like we do primary residences all day long and big, nice, beautiful houses. But when I'm helping a buyer, typically I'm looking at like the ugliest house on the best street. Like I'm looking for the deal. And I really want them to make a lot of money in the end, no matter what the purchase is for. So that's what we are always consistently promoting. Like we're here to help you build your portfolio. We're here to like help you see that your even your primary investment or purchase is an investment and you have to like have all the pieces. So I really have tried to keep it small in an effort to keep the quality really good just for client like satisfaction. Love yeah that. it's queen shit honestly <laughs> um I am curious though about like you know making that transition from agent to broker and owning a brokerage now having seven managing 17 people like that's huge like that's a huge transition because I mean you're, you're going from obviously you know being responsible for you yourself and, and I and then you know managing a whole team of yous like that's crazy how how did that kind of transition come about and and how do you feel like um, you've stepped into that role and how does that feel for you? I feel like um, it kind of came about out of necessity because when I was just myself, like autonomous and I love working autonomously. Mm -hmm. Like I'm very much not, I'm not great in like a duo or a group when I'm working. I just really am not. And I always thrive on my own. So for me, it was hard to even make that transition. But again, like the business kept growing. And all of a sudden when TikTok happened, which wasn't really intentional to get leads at first, it was just because I was kind of sick of Instagram. And I was like, I want to do like a fun platform. I think my first TikTok was at an open house pregnant. And it was like a $350,000 condo. And then, um, but then it just like took off. And like, I made one video about like Airbnb as I was like leaving one of my other listings and that blew up. And then I would get like a hundred leads at once, 25 leads in a day, like nonstop. And I was like, holy shit, like, how do I manage this and not turn people away? Because I don't like to be so exclusive. I like to help everybody. So I was like, I really quick have to like get this all streamlined so that I have people to help them. Um, And also, again, I had just had my son and I'm like, I can't take on realistically all of this business. So I'm going to have to train people under me to work essentially a similar way. Now, when I first started, of course, I'm like, everyone needs to operate the same way. Like we're all doing it my way, (laughs) but you can't do that. It's like, you can give people all of the tips and all the tools. I have a whole online onboarding system where there's like videos of this is exactly how I want you to deal with each client. This is how you get lists, like everything. Um, but, and it's like weekly meetings, all this stuff and a lot of maintenance, but it's, it's been a lot of being okay with letting people go that are not a fit. And realizing that not everyone is you, like not everyone's going to operate the way you operate. What you think is common sense is not always for people because again, like I've been in sales for 16 years. So 
I, it's like second nature to me to communicate with clients and stuff like that. But if somebody has never even made a phone call to somebody, it's like, you know, you got to kind of like, remember the times when you were in that same position. And I used to like lie awake at night thinking, oh my God, I have to call five people tomorrow. (laughs) And I'm really scared. And like, you know, like those are like the real feelings that start to go away as you get experience. But then managing a team. I mean, I never in my life, like when I was doing med sales, they would always ask, would you ever manage people? And I was like, no, I'm like a solo dolo person. I'm fine being on my own, but you really can only hit a certain threshold until you need help. So for me, I do like though, I've realized like hiring autonomous people as well, because it is like a 1099 contractor position. Um, just as much as I can give them all the tools and I can't force them to do anything. I also have the option of saying like, okay, I really only want people representing the business that are like go-getters. They're going to answer the phone. They're going to be on their shit. And like, we all kind of have that understanding. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I think that it like says so much about you as a person that you like have so much grace with, you know, your employees as well. And like knowing that like, you, you do have 16 years of experience under your belt because that's something also, you know, when we began hiring a team, we're, although we do work in a duo, we're both extremely autonomous as well and have okay. a lot of experience. And so like hiring people as well, we were like, it, like what you said about common sense just like resonates so much. Cause we're like, damn dude, like this is common sense for us, but it's not yeah. for everyone. And we have to like, you have to learn that sort of patience. And on also, yeah. I think it's great that you like went through and like did all those videos for people and just like made it like a streamlined process. And we're like, okay, this is how I like things to be done. Of course, like add your own flair, but you know, also hiring autonomous people who are, you know, going to take the initiative to get things done and you don't have to kind of handhold is is so important. Right. And, and you're saying like, yeah, like I'm gracious talking about it now because I can talk about it like in the past, but in the moment Mm -hmm. when these things are happening and they're so raw and it's like, I built this from zero and every client to me is like a baby. Like, I'm like, please take care of my baby. Like, and you know, and then something messes up. Like you have to get so used to not flying off the handle. Cause in the beginning I was just like, like it just, the stress of it made me react so much like, mm-hmm. and I've learned so much in the past two years, just about regulating my own emotions in those yeah. situations. Cause I'm not, you know, a superhero. Like I can't hold in every single emotion that I have. I try. And I talk to my husband about this all the time about like keeping your emotions out of business, but it's difficult, especially yeah. when you're like postpartum those times I'll have to say like, I'm sorry, I'm going through you know, I'm just going through my shit right now. And that's why I'm reacting this way. But like being able to go back and be like, sorry, I kind of like flew off the handle. Um, It's just like a learning experience. And it's not, you know, every like now I'll sit back and check myself. And I'm like, and I have this thing with my therapist. I'm like, I'm going to start writing how I feel down before I text the person about what what I'm feeling. Love to have for you. Because I haven't started it yet, but I'm starting it today (laughs) no I love love that that. that's such good advice what would you say in the past two years what attributed the most to you kind of improving on your self-regulation I would say definitely always going back to what works so with anything in my life like when I was struggling in college 
um, you know, I would just work out like working out has always been like the thing that's going to make the most change in the least amount of time where I know for sure, if I work out for the, for the week, I'm going to feel totally different on Friday than I do on Monday. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's like tried and true. Same thing with eating. I can get into that mode of like, I'm so busy that I forget to eat. So I always have to have like kind of a plan of what I'm going to eat that day, what I try to, um, to keep, you know, not so like jittery caffeine, like no hangers anxiety on. woman. <laughs> um, and then getting yourself out, like even just today, like, like putting on some makeup, putting on a cute outfit. That's why real estate is so great because you're kind of forced to always like get ready and go and like look professional and all this stuff. When I have kind of, taken a step back in, in the last like half a year from working with clients to like more so being the broker that has been the biggest thing for me is like I don't have to get ready I don't have to like look cute I can look like a total like and I love doing that too like when I go hit the coffee shop that's another thing like changing your environment I am hardly ever in this office I'm really here to like I actually am here to pay people today uh like just deposit checks whatever, make sure it's clean. Like that's it. It's more for the agents. I like to change my environment as much as possible. If I find like a good coffee, I'm like, okay, I'll go to this coffee shop for like the next few days just to get a change of scenery. And just that alone, like three days can change your whole business. Like, to be honest, it's like when I ever, whenever I look back at like how I gained any success as far as deals, stuff with clients, it's always when I'm doing like that random like admin, like, oh, got to randomly call this person that I didn't think about before. The back burner like, stuff. Back burner stuff. And then like, like again, doing the things that made sense before, like mm -hmm. sitting down and calling clients for a whole afternoon. Is that what everyone wants to do? No, but the people who are successful do it on a regular basis. And it's something you can't skip. So mm -hmm. it's like, what, what can I do that just makes sense and logically is going to keep my business moving, keep my brain from like having too much time on my hands. <laughs> Cause that can make, I think meant for mental health for some people, like as much as I've been trying to find more of a balance. And I definitely went from like a workaholic to being like, I really want a ton of time with my kids, but the whole soft life narrative it's like such another extreme it's like either hustle culture or soft life and it's like yeah. I could not function if I wasn't having something stimulating my mind along with going to the spa or like right. taking care of myself and stuff and I just think that personally makes me happy mm -hmm. so I try to share with the agents like you can incorporate this job into your like self-care and make it meld together to where you are happy in your career. And you are like, okay, I'm like crushing it financially. I'm crushing it with my workouts every, you know, five times a week. I'm like on my shit. I'm listening to podcasts, listening to podcasts too. I know I'm like on a run on, but, but yeah, listening so to we love it. Keep it going. <laughs> I always look back. I'm like, what have I been consuming for the past 60 days? Like, let's be real. Have I been watching a shitload of reality TV and listening to like, you know, and I love music, but like, sometimes you have to be real with yourself and you're like, am I learning or am I kind of keeping myself stagnant? 
So I try to like check in all the time. I love that. That's such sound advice, especially in the, you know, where we're at now with social media and how often we are all scrolling, you know, how many hours and our screen time being up. Like it's something that's so, so important, especially if you're someone who wants to be living intentionally and, you know, you want to be setting goals and you want to be successful, whatever your version of success looks like. It's really, really important to like take a step back and ask yourself, what am I consuming? Because like where we put our, you know, energy and where we put our attention is, what we yeah yeah it ends up being what we focus on and what we're like you know that's where it's going instead of going towards other aspects of our life so I that's like such such good advice I'm glad you brought up the scrolling because I on TikTok like I got into the habit of just posting and ghosting where I'm just like I don't need to really look at anything Mm -hmm. I enjoy making content just putting it out and leaving Mm -hmm. now it's not like the best for your engagement but it's better for your brain I've heard heard it's actually better I've heard it's better to post and ghost because then the algorithm will like want you to come back into the app so it will like boost your posts to send you notifications I don't know if it's true you know there's so many things I don't know I know I'm like if they're changing the algorithm all the time who would even know you know (laughs) yeah But, but for your brain I mean just the past couple of weeks I've been like scrolling because I took some time off and it is so addictive like and then you open Instagram and it's like the most doom like terrible Um, story and I'm like this is worse than watching the news like this is not adding to Instagram and then like it's showing us these videos of like a girl who was kidnapped and like and I'm like fuck dude like I and like and all, all of a sudden you? I'm crying at 8 a.m. on a Tuesday. Yes. I'm like why? I'm like, like that's our, not what I what I was getting on the app for. Well, today. also like our emotions. <laughs> like I don't think that we're meant to like feel so many things in the span of an hour. You know, you scroll for an hour, you're crying, laughing, laughing from crying, fucking yes. overjoyed. You're there's a meditation that comes. You know, like there's so yes. much that goes on. I just don't feel like it. Like is it can't be good for us. No. Well, and I feel like as you're, because you guys are content creators too, it like sparks your competitiveness a little bit too, where you're like, I have to create something now because I didn't like, you know, like I get into that mode where I will just like pump stuff out constantly. And I'm like, what's the point? Like, what am I doing? Like, what's the point of like over, you know, I don't know. And TikTok too, like you get, you know, when it first started, everyone's like, you should post like five, six times a day. So that's what I was doing. And it definitely brought in a lot of business, but that's not like sustainable. To not yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm curious to know if you've ever had um, a, tic- a TikTok strategy or when went into it with any strategy, if you tested different things or if you've always just kept it super raw and just like, I get on when I feel inspired to and then that's it. Yeah. It's funny when I started, I was postpartum. So I think my son was like maybe six months old and I just wanted to have fun with it. And I kind of was in a rut just mentally because I wasn't in a schedule. It was the beginning of the pandemic. So I was like, I started making day in the life videos. And then I would look back on those and I was like, wow, I feel really productive now that I've like seen what I actually did throughout the day. And that is something that I struggle with where I will like work, 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 work. But unless I see it on paper and can like check it off or like visually see that I've done stuff, it feels like I'm not, you know, like not as productive as I could have been, whatever. 
So it just was like calming for me to look back and be like, okay, like you did stuff today. You left the house with the baby, like, you know, that kind of stuff, like getting back into society, I guess. And then it just, it was a lot of lifestyle stuff. And then as it started bringing in, because I was like, oh, I'll just show the South Florida lifestyle. I've lived here my whole life. I love it. We walk to the beach every day, like all this stuff. Then as it started bringing in clients, people would bring up like, oh, I see you walking with your son or I see your son on social media. He's your best accessory, like all this stuff. And I started to just say like, really not like that. And I didn't like people asking about him so often and just being so like, because on social media, people do feel like they have a connection to you, like they know you. And then you're on the phone trying to kind of like do business. And then it's, they know so much about your personal Mm -hmm. life. And obviously there's a lot out there now where it's like, it's so exploitative to like have your kids on social media, using them for brand deals, all that stuff. So that was interesting because it kind of went from showing my lifestyle to like, not showing that side at all, where I was just like, I'm just like hard. No, going to like take him off. It's not meant for kids. Like, you know, I'm going to make this solely like my account for business essentially. And that's it. So I kind of just changed the, the content to more educational and more educational for realtors. I have courses online for realtors. uh, So it kind of made sense. And doing lives a lot, I would get a lot of good feedback from people of what they wanted to know about, about the market. And just honestly doing like stupid dances in houses. And I would get me fun of a lot because they're like, oh, this girl came to see the house and then she did a dance. And I'm like, well, people like look at everything online first. They don't want to go see a house unless they've seen it online. So, you know, it made a lot of sense. And that's really what I kept consistent from getting my license, my first listing, I was like, I'm going to make a custom video, make it really like fun. And then I did that for every single listing after that. And that's that consistency, I think, of showing people how well that marketing can work um, has helped us get a lot of like repeat and referral business because they understand. And like you said, like kind of the old school stuff, a lot of people in the beginning thought TikTok was like pointless because they're like, oh, it's young kids on that app. They're not going to be buying houses, but it was a lot of like people being like, Hey, my mom wants to buy a house in Palm beach, like stuff like that, where I was like, Oh, okay. This makes sense. Like I'll, I'll keep putting my time here. So, and it's, it's fun. I'm like addicted to making the videos. (laughs) I mean, I have to stop myself. (laughs) I'm like not even in the market right now, but I'm on real estate TikTok and I follow all these realtors. Cause like, they'll just take me through like the most like beautiful homes or whatever, like in South Florida or in California. And I watch every video like of them walking through this. Yeah. So I'm just curious and like knowing like what's on the market. I don't know. Maybe that's just me getting fucking old. Um, but I love it. I love watching the real estate videos. Well, when we say that, I mean, people, it's getting younger and younger and younger. The people who mm-hmm. are investing in real estate, not just yeah. like for where they live, but uh, you know, to make money. So even the Airbnb management side of things, mm-hmm. it's a lot of young couples, Um, I have a lot, like I have a couple that I went to college with, uh, the woman and she made like a million dollars off of investing, um, with me with, they renovated properties. It was over the span of like two, three years. Um, but they made like truly a million dollars in return. Um, Mm -hmm. so 
yeah helping younger people make money like that is like so fun and inspiring because then I can see what they're doing with it and like their yeah. businesses yeah. that they're starting yeah it's it's really fun being yeah. being along with, for their journey yeah and you're making like yeah. a true impact on people and having like true influence on like their lives and the trajectory of it it definitely ties together I guess but it's fun like I feel like the social media part is the only way I'm able to work so much in the field is because I make it fun like Right. If I'm like, oh, I'm going to be doing open houses this weekend, I get to like make videos while I'm there and then I can like have fun with it and be goofy, whatever, but yeah. also be. You yeah. Know, and I'm sure like, you know, for the ideal client of yours is someone who also like doesn't take themselves too seriously and can like see that and laugh about it and love that. And like, maybe yeah. that's the reason they come to you is because they love that, you know? Yeah. I was watching Million Dollar Listing one day, which my, I don't watch that much real estate TV because it's like I'm doing it throughout the day. So yeah. then after I want to watch like Bravo or something different. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I was watching, oh, and they put out a video. It was like a funny YouTube video, goofy. And it was really like funny. And I guess the seller was like, take it down. That's embarrassing. Like, we don't want that up. And knock on wood, because I hope this doesn't happen. <laughs> That's never happened to me. And like, I get a lot of comments, which are like, what are the sellers thinking? They're probably looking through their camera. And then the same sellers will be like, can you please make 10 more TikToks so that we can sell the house faster? Like, hey, or so if it's working, it's it. working. If they get, yeah, right. It makes sense. I mean, there's like 2,500 people a month who will see the average Zillow listing versus like over a million with the listings that we put out. So it's like the more the more eyes, the better, obviously. When yeah, it comes to 100%. You yeah. mentioned that you also have a course that you sell, or I, I've yeah. seen that you have like a boot camp or some sort of digital product. I would love to kind of go into that and what made you decide you wanted to do that because we recently also launched a course that we were talking about earlier so and so we're very new to like the digital product space and it's been a, bit, a big learning curve but also like super you know all things considered super successful for us so I'd love to know kind of like what you know in, inspired that decision for you and what that's been like to make a digital product and then sell it and maybe what the feedback has been yeah the um I launched the boot camp right after I had my son so I was pregnant making those, I made like 45 videos and I would just do it after work, like, and just set up the time. I was like, if I just dedicate this amount of time, I can like knock it out. And it's just one time that you film it. So I made that first course that did really well. And it actually brought in a lot of the agents who work for me or who have worked for me. Nice. So that was kind of a segue for some of them to be like, okay, well, I took the boot camp. I, I almost saw it in my head as like, working here would be like the university or something. I don't know, like, like different like levels yeah. of like learning, um, like the more in-person vibe. But right. uh, so I made it while I was pregnant. And then that was when I was an agent. So then the second half of the videos I made while I was pregnant with my daughter, uh, because it was after I'd opened the brokerage. And I'm like, well, now I have all this other knowledge of like exactly how things should be streamlined and run. And I'm such a like open book. It's really hard for me to not say everything. everything. So I basically put like my entire business plan in the course and I've just merged the boot camp, and now I call it the playbook. It's the real estate playbook basically for the people, which is like everyone who gets their license. And then they're like, what do I do now? A lot of people, even when they join a broker, they're expecting to, like you said, have their hands held be really, you know, hands-on shadowing and 99.9% .9 of the time, that's not what's going to happen unless you're really joining like 
a true mentor team that's going to take you out. But again, me being someone who thrives being autonomous, I just couldn't say, okay, everybody now shadow, you know? So I'm like, how do I put this out where people can really learn from it, but not physically be shadowing me in the field? So it's on my ass. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm like, how can I still like work alone most of the time? So, um, so that's what the playbook is. And that is actually exactly how I onboard the agents too. So it's all like, kind of just like an open book. And then they like, obviously we do team meetings and stuff. That's more like confidential of stuff that just the agents and I are talking about. So cool. I love that so much. I think it's honestly, it's funny because we kind of had this realization the other day with our course because when we have to hire a new position, we're always like, why don't we just look at our graduates? So we're just like, we're training an army here for our own like benefit. No, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And like, I've had people like comment on my TikTok and they're like, are you looking for an assistant? And I'm like, motherfucker, I I literally train assistants. Like, what do you mean? And I'm like, and if you don't know that I like Right. That as a pillar, then you like for sure shouldn't even be asking me if I'm hiring. So it right. kind of works right. out well for, you know, you as well, because it's like the people that come to you, if they've taken this playbook, you know, invested in themselves, you're like, okay, you're a go-getter. You get it. Like yeah. you have taken the steps to like educate yourself and invest in yourself. And like, honestly, even just like that in and of itself, like oh, even, even if it wasn't our course, but they had taken, you know, a, a course on how to become an influencer's assistant, it would, you know, if we had never made our course, it would show so much like initiative. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you'd be surprised. I mean, I think the most feedback that I got that was negative or the most consistent feedback was like, why would you share everything that you learned, you know, like, and create mm-hmm. more competition for yourself, which you guys probably, you know, you have those thoughts in your mind when you create a course like that. But I always found that like, the more I share, the more I'm kind of forced to learn even with content creation, it's like, you'll, you'll put something out. It gets maybe like replicated and it's like, okay, now I have to like rethink. Now I need to like, you know, now everyone does walkthrough yeah. videos. So like the fact that I was doing that six years ago and people thought it was weird. Now it's like, that's all you see. So I'm like, okay. You're like, what how do I get weird again? Different? Right. How do I be, be as weird as humanly possible? That's actually what I always go back to. I'm like, all I have to do is just be weird. Like, just be myself. And like, like, it's just like, like people will be like, oh, the dance like this. There was a, a video I did just like going like this in Miami. And I think that brought, I think I closed like three sales from that one video. Um, just like, like y'all can call me weird. Like eating a croissant. Get in my bag. Yeah, exactly. But I wanted to tell you like, what you were just saying about kind of like connecting with people through social. That's why it's so important to be super, I feel like upfront about your business because when I was posting just like happy-go-lucky, like real estate's amazing, like blah, 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 social, or social, selling sunset vibe stuff. It was bringing in so many people who I felt like were joining to be on social media, like to be like, you know, and not really yeah. do the work that was necessary. So then when they came through the door and I would hire them, it was like a shock. They were like, how is there so much work to do? Same They're thing. Like, we don't just look at pretty houses and make TikTok. Right. It, like, and I learned the hard way that everyone who says that, like when they join or they'll be like, why do you want to do real estate? They're like, I just love beautiful houses. I'm like, so does everybody else. Like I gotta, <laughs> I gotta yeah, have something more than that. But, um, but no, it's just funny. Like, 
I, and then I kind of almost went the other way where I was like, I have to act like a bitch almost to like bring in people who are going to be serious and like take Mm -hmm. this seriously almost to the point where I lost kind of that like goofy side of it where I'm like, this is so serious that like, if you guys are like screwing around with my business, like that's my everything. Like I've, I've just put a lot into it. So finding that balance of like, oh, this is fun, but this is also like other people's livelihoods, my livelihood. Like there's just so many years that have gone into building this that I do like in person, take it so seriously that like people really do get like a shock factor. I think when they're like, oh, this is not what I thought it was, but I wanted, I was like, honestly, I would rather that than people have a false view of what it's going to be of like, you know, joining because they think it's going to be like rainbows and butterflies and sunshine all day. So, and I think that's something that we've also, we can relate on because we've also struggled with wanting to be like cool, fun, Gen Z bosses, but also do your fucking job. And if you don't get mad, like (laughs) it's a really hard, like fine line to walk on. Especially when you like, when you have these like relationships with people, but then the ball gets dropped and you're like, damn, I don't want to make things awkward, but, but I have to chew you out right now. Cause like, right, that's right. a, that's a fuck up. And like yeah. at any other company, like you'd be, you'd be fired or you like, we don't do like a strike system, but like, well, that's a, that's a strike. That was a huge mess up. And then yeah. it's like, but at the end of the meeting, you're like, love you. Um, <laughs> yeah. I believe but in you. Like, <laughs> you think it's like, what would a CEO like normally, like how would they normally act like this in a boardroom or like yeah. in a company that's like, like you can be running a company like just out of your house now. So it's like, you kind of have to like get, I don't know, like it's such a hard thing to do with your mindset of like communicating that and being stern and like being a woman doing that where it's, especially when you're young, because a lot of the people that you hire are like your age or even sometimes older. So it's like, you know, learning how to, you know, like, I feel like women are just, oh, like, it's like, you have to be gracious. You have to be like super sweet. Um, and it, it definitely messes with you when you're like, I have to lay the hammer down and mm-hmm. I have to like do what's right by my clients, but I don't want to, you know, it's just, it's really a balance. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm and still learning like, so much. Like oh, us all the time as well. And it's hard because you also, you want to be a human you, you understand that people make mistakes and it's like, okay, where, where does the balance lie of like holding this person accountable, but also giving them grace for their mistake. And also, also looking out for your, for your best your interest, own best, your business's best interest, but your employee's best interest too. It's like, sometimes the two can't coexist. It's yeah. like, it's tough. yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, it's hard and you know, like, it's just something that you learn by doing. And like, it, that's why it's about, we've always said, it's so great that like, we're kind of good cop, bad cop in a lot of ways and like having each other to like bounce things off of. And it's like, okay, you know, sometimes I want to come in really hot because I'm like really, you know, upset about a fuck up. Like, yeah. you know, I know you can relate. And it's like, okay, like, yeah, I'm I'm fuming. I've got to self-regulate right now because like, this isn't how I would have done something. How did how did this happen? And then it's like, okay, how how hot do we want to bring this up right now? Like how, right. how important is it? But then again, learning how to self-regulate and- and also, you know, sometimes even just letting little things go, especially if your team is taking the accountability, because I think it's right. one thing if, you know, again, like that's why it's so important to hire 
um, people who take initiative and like real go-getters because they're going to be the first ones to take accountability for a fuck up rather than you having to bring it up and say like, you like, you know, if someone fucks up, I think it shows a lot when, when they're the first one to say something and say, Hey, I did this and here's, you know, the solutions, here's what we can do. And here's how it's not going to happen again versus someone who, you know, like it tries to brush it, sweep it under the rug. You know what I mean? So that also changes how you, how you approach things so much. Like getting ahead of it. I just think that part of the communication, even with your clients, I'm always telling the agents, like you can save yourself so much stress and anxiety and worry and all this stuff. If you just over communicate, like people just Mm -hmm. want you to let them know what's going on. Like you just said, someone coming to you, like, I don't want to look in the CRM and like find something. I would rather someone just come to me and be like you said, like, Hey, I messed up. I actually had an agent who started with me and she had like, you know, some kind of mess up with a client. And I was really upset. I was really pissed. And she actually like showed up to where I was and was like, I'm telling you, I'm so sorry. Like I, it will never happen again, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wow, that really like made me respect her a lot. Cause I'm like, most people would be scared shitless to do that. Yeah, I she, think she sacked up and up. showed up. Yeah, yeah. I was like, damn. Okay. Like I almost like learned something. That <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Like that. Yeah. And, but you really do. You learn, I think that's a big thing too. Like the, the boss to like employee relationship. I found that like just with anything, you can feel like you're getting super frustrated, wasting your time, or like maybe you were, it felt like it was simpler before you had people working for you, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it as like, I can learn from them too. I feel like I constantly learn in those interactions as well to where I never feel like something is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. I always feel like I've learned from something, but you have to actively be thinking about that and seeing it that way and being like, okay, this conversation is not a waste of my time if I learned something from it and grow from it and can like pivot from it or whatever, but make it worth your time so that you're not resentful of your business as a whole or like the people who work for you, you know, easily get into that mindset where you're just like, what the hell am I doing? Like, yeah. And and even like showing your employees grace, I think is like, you know, even if you can help that person learn and maybe you're not taking as much away, but you're like, like, you know, you're providing them tools that they need to like succeed in the future or whatever. Cause you know, not everyone is going to stay with us forever. And, you know, they're going to go on to different roles and, you know, people go in different directions. So I think that even if, you know, you can have grace with someone and really just make it like a learning moment, teaching moment, a mentoring moment. I think that that even, you know, allows you to, view the business, you know, and these difficult conversations in a better light. How do you guys handle that? Like where, like what you just said, you kind of have to be okay with knowing that they're there temporarily and you're teaching them a lot and taking the time to teach them. How do you guys kind of like handle that part of it? So our team is younger. They're all like in school or just freshly graduated. So for us, we very much understand that we're a stepping stone in their career And for a lot of them, this is a good trial to see, you know, if they want to get into social media, you know. So for us, it's like it's almost a given that this is a learning experience. It's um, for them to really test out different things and see what they enjoy doing, what they don't enjoy doing. And we kind of have a very like 
open line of communication and also a lot of we ask them for a lot of feedback like hey what did you enjoy doing this month what did you not enjoy doing this month would you have interest in learning more about this or learning less about that so we're kind of it's structured a little differently yeah it comes with the territory a bit more for us yeah that makes a lot of sense and are they kind of like doing your day-to-day operations or do you have set tasks for like each person that works for you that you can kind of like because it's hard to retrain and like reintroduce mm-hmm. everything to like new employees if you do have like kind of a more of a revolving door. Yeah. So we don't have a ton of turnover, thankfully. Um, our like our longest employee has been with us over almost two years now. Oh, um, awesome. But we have a project manager and she's really doing a lot of heavy lifting when it comes to like being internal like facing with the team yeah. um so we like show up for our weekly meetings and our monthly meetings but anything that like it has to be assigned to them our project manager is pretty much like spearheading that that's amazing okay so we are coming close to an end I feel like we've learned so much already but while we have you here I still want to ask a little bit about this because I know it's something that is really important to you and it's about balancing you know this extreme kind of work life and being a founder and owner and boss and running a brokerage while also balancing two very young children a marriage you know and just a normal human life (laughs) so I would love to know your insight on that maybe what you've learned in the past few years about balance and kind of just like you know how you handle everything yeah I think everyone every family is different like I've met a lot of families who love making content together they love working together all that stuff my husband and I work together in certain ways, like when he he owns a title company. So he does a lot of the closings for our clients. So it's nice because just like you guys, like we're kind of able to like bounce off of each other and understand where we're coming from, like being in the same kind of industry. Um, but as far as that and like work colliding, I have tried as hard as humanly possible to separate work and family life. Um, with real estate is really hard, uh, especially if you're an agent, because your phone is ringing off the hook 24 seven, you're always like at the, like at the needs of your clients. Uh, but when you have kids, it's like your priorities just totally shift. I used to drop really everything for my clients. And I was so obsessed with like being available all the time that I really was like at the drop of a hat, I would do anything. I got a ton of deals done that way. So I'm not saying that that's not something that's like valuable and especially in the beginning of your career. But I got to a point where I was just like, I can't prioritize my work and my clients and agents and all this stuff and social media over my family. So for me, um, you know, even like just thinking about putting more stuff on my plate, you're always going back to, is this going to take time away from my family and my kids and like the whole purpose of me working so hard when I am at work. So I really am always coming back to like, how can I simplify things? How can I resist the urge to put like so many projects on my plate? That's my biggest thing. Like I don't have a struggle with feeling motivated. I have a struggle with saying no to things like where where I will just be like, oh, that's such a great opportunity. Even if it's not even that amazing of an opportunity for me, I'm like, oh, it would be cool. Like put it on my bucket list, like, or check it off the list. But 
when I feel like I kind of, even this year saying no to a lot of things that I really wanted to do, um, personally, because of my family, it's like, I just had to mature in that moment and be like, this is more important right now in this season of my life. I have to have my focus on my kids and my family. So the way that I do that is really not having a crazy social life. <laughs> like, I'm going to be honest. I feel like you like feasibly, like you could do all three, you could do social life, mom life and work life, <clears throat> but I would be like, not okay mentally. I, if, if I was doing all three, <laughs> would to be do honest. more bad than good. She's like, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, my husband, like I was a party animal before I met my husband. I love to go out like you know, like more like just drinking and stuff. I wasn't really into anything like too crazy, but I was just like wanting to go out social butterfly always. Then I met my husband who's super like a homebody, but he's very much the person who's like, go do your thing. Like I'll be, I'll be here on the couch. <laughs> um, but I've learned to like, like that lifestyle more. And my fun is like being out at work. That's how I make it more fun. And then I can see like my friends and family who I really like have known forever. Um, but yeah, it's like not always the fun answer because I do like, <laughs> I do have FOMO sometimes. Like my friends are all in the keys this weekend. And I'm like, oh my God. But I know like my kids are so little and they need to be with us. And we both are just in that mindset. We're both just like our priorities are our kids and work. And that's our life right now. Yeah. We incorporate staycations a lot which helps so like my husband and I will have like a date day where we'll go to like auberge or something and just like, like go to Fort Lauderdale or a hotel something for the night bring the kids and like it's kind of like you went away but <laughs> it's I just like that. I think little things in totally. your day like getting my celery juice getting my little cortarito like mm -hmm. those little things make me so happy yeah. that it doesn't bother me so much that like, cause I know down the road, we're going to be traveling like for sure. That's the game plan. It's not right now, but it is in the future. And like, I'm okay with sacrificing stuff now to have them thoroughly enjoy and remember that stuff. Yeah. So we can like enjoy it together, but that's kind of the long answer. But I think just also the last thing I'm going to say is don't underestimate like help and childcare how important that is. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. almost impossible. I feel like to like Steven and I have really like shared that responsibility, especially now with our second child, just ourselves. Like we haven't had a nanny helping us or anything. Wow. It's really just been us. And we finally have like found help and it is life changing. Like I just can't even believe, I don't know. It's just a lot. And not everybody yeah. has access to that stuff. So I just like wouldn't underestimate how much it really is day to day. But then when you look back, you're like, okay, like I got through it. Like I got through it and I still was able to accomplish the things that are important to me that then I can show my kids. Like I know watching my mom hustle and uh, really like focus on like supporting us and all that. I really appreciate it now. And I understand why she works so much. Um, so I'm just really now trying to like not let those two worlds collide where it's not like I have to be on the phone with a client while I'm taking care of my kids. Right. Mm -hmm. I can like separate it now more than before.
Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for being so honest. I think that's a fantastic answer because it's the truth and other people, you know, struggling with how to find that balance. Look at the people who are like a mom working full time and going yeah. out and they're like, how the fuck? But it's like, you know, if your truth is that one of those things has to give, then that's like, you know, could be super validating for people yeah. who are just like, how do people do it all? Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, like, like we were saying, when I saw you guys at swim week, I don't think I had gone out in like nine months before I saw I think, oh, because I was like super pregnant. But what so that makes sense. But I was just like, I'm free. Like it was yeah. so amazing. that was so like, your energy that anxiety. night too. I could tell you were just so happy <laughs> to be there. I was like, she's so cute. It was so much fun, but like it does make you appreciate that stuff more. You're like, oh my God. Especially you, you like we used to work swim week all the time. So I had never gone as like a guest. Right. So I was like, I feel so cool right now. <laughs> yeah. You are so cool. Okay. Oh, Don't yeah. ever forget it. You are that bitch. Thank no, you. I when I've seen you guys, like I saw you like get your Tesla. Like I've like watched you guys on like social media forever. Oh my so God, what a you guys, like, they're crushing it. They're so beautiful. They're traveling. Wait, I have to ask you before we go really quick. Yes. How is like the travel influencer life? Because to me, that's like the ultimate, like getting paid to travel. However, I feel like behind the scenes is probably super stressful. It's so crazy you ask because it may or may not be one of the courses that we're coming out with next. <laughs> Literally. That's awesome. That's a good segue. Yes. <laughs> um, it's very, very early. We're in the very beginning stages. Um, it's not that stressful, actually. Well, I think it's not that stressful because we don't like we don't make it stressful. <laughs> but like but our girlfriends are running around with their fucking heads cut off. And we're like, dude, like we again we've been doing it for so long that it does come like second nature to us but we you know we'll go on these vacations and we'll, you know like let's say it's a four-day vacation we'll say okay max we're we're working like shooting is like one day maybe a day and a half we're taking the rest of the time to relax and like be present and enjoy ourselves because like it's not worth traveling to all these incredible beautiful destinations to just work even though yeah. that in itself is a dream it's like you know it's also work work at the end of the day so um I think that we've found a really good balance and kind of like flow of shooting as well like it's so helpful when we have each other we can execute the vision like perfectly the first time like we're not shooting a million things like we're knocking it out as quickly as possible and we're trying to be as efficient as possible and if we don't feel inspired like we don't force it we're not like oh my god we have to get every shot every every this every that it's like oh well and if we get it if, if we get it that's we get probably it, we why, why it translates so well because you don't you're not like okay I have to get like the perfect it's like yeah. we're just enjoying and like your your vibe and your energy when you are having fun and enjoying it comes across so if you you're almost yeah. like de- like it's almost a detriment to yourself if you like overstress about it 100% and yeah. we've also we've learned from experience like there are trips where we've gotten there and we we looked at each other and we're like damn dude we fucked up like we but we booked ourselves out too much on this trip we agreed to too many different brand deals or whatever yeah. it is and we were like we're not doing this again yeah. like we're not we're not paying for a flight somewhere to work we're not paying to work yeah. you know you want to be able to actually enjoy the space and the vacation the way you're making it look online like you're enjoying yeah. it <laughs> Exactly. No, that's super smart. And that's nice that you guys are both on the same page. It's not like one of you is like, 
(laughs) I mean, you know, some of our girlfriends are, and like, that's totally fine. Like that's their vibe, but like those two got to pair up because we're not, we're not going to be helping them shoot (laughs) all this. Or try try to chill. No, it's funny. Like you guys are like, you can tell you've been doing it for a long time too, because I think people do struggle with how long it takes because they don't realize how long content can take. But yeah. if you have been doing it for a while, you're just like one take sometimes. We can like I, go into a space, scope out the corners, know exactly like what yes. we're for what platforms, knock it out and be like done. <laughs> yes, that's the best feeling when you're like, all right yeah oh I love you thank you so much this has been so lovely I feel like yeah I feel like we're just like catching up over coffee this has been amazing um and also so valuable for our audience and if they want to follow you and your journey and keep up with you where can they find everything at well, I'm so grateful that you guys had me on here. It was so much fun. You can follow me at Mari Juliet, M-A-R-I-J-U-L-I-E-T-T-E. Uh, that's pretty much everything, every platform, TikTok, Instagram, whatever. And then I have a podcast, The Evolution of Confidence, which is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, which you guys have to come on yes. for sure. Especially because like you guys have to come like locally and we'll meet up and we'll do okay, the podcast. Yes. Like, in oh my God, I would love that. Definitely. That would be super fun. But this is that. like, I can't wait to learn from you guys. Cause I think that whole side of things too, just like finding an assistant is the hardest thing ever. <laughs> so, hence why, hence why, why we made the course, because so many of our friends were like, I can't, like, it's so hard to hire someone, to find someone who's so good. Sad. so smart and you're like gonna catapult so many people into businesses because there's a lot of people would probably not do it if they don't have the like staff in place and people who can help them and really know what they're doing so you guys are trust and help yeah yeah exactly oh well thank you guys so much this is really fun thank you if you guys like this episode make sure to send it to a friend leave us a review post on your stories let us know you're listening and tag all of us and we'll see you next week for another episode Bye. Bye. bye